What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Two weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row! Well, that depends on what time, how long it takes you to post this, but still. <laughs> Less than three weeks between <laughs> podcasts! And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames. Your one and only, not really, no. one of seven, at least. One of at right? least. At least seven. Phoenix Suns podcast, that is made for the fans, that's you guys, by the fans, that is us. As well as all the other podcasters. (laughs) All of them. All of them. All by the fans, for the fans. Yes. As always, intro and outro music is brought to you you by Oceans Over Airplanes. Brock Lesnar, the beast. The beast. The beast. Check them out over on OceansOverAirplanes.com. We've gone on tangents quicker than ever. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Wow. Get ready. Strap in, folks. Hopefully we Strap can keep those in. tangents on basketball. Unlikely. Very <laughs> unlikely. Uh, give us a follow or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at so says J Paul. At Dervish of World. And the pod is at FanTheFlamesNBA. If you listen on iTunes or any other platform, rate and review. And in, in addition to iTunes, we are on Stitcher and Google Play. And if you listen on another platform, you're looking for us on another platform, we're not there, let us know. We'll figure out how to get ourselves on there. I like how Hopefully. Paul says, we will figure out how to get ourselves <laughs> yes, on there. Justin will figure basically out. basically means I'm going to do it. Yes. I just Thank shot, you. I just shot, shot Paul the death stare okay so phoenix suns yeah i don't even know how to do this anymore since we're actually doing this like, i know it's been a while since <laughs> we've done like consecutive podcasts um what do we talk about um well i'm kidding they, you, you don't worry paul i got you i don't know you said you hadn't really written anything down so i, I have very little written i have literally nothing written down yeah but i have stuff typed oh Ooh. hey see what i did there so um yeah let's start with we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk the Spurs game a little bit. Very little. Yet another buzzer beater loss by the Suns. Yet another. Yet another. Yet another. But at least we didn't have a quarter or quarters from hell. That, yeah, that was. Good. Yeah, that was. It was nice to have a consistent game. Consistent-ish. Yes. So we'll talk that, and we're gonna talk a lot about trades. We're going to talk a lot about trades, I feel, because mostly because the only stuff I have is Spurs game and trades. Yeah. So, we better- Yeah, well, I mean, we're coming up on the trade deadline. It's next week. You know, the Sun, are the Suns going to do anything? It's, things are happening in the NBA sphere. Could they affect the Suns? If they do affect the Suns, will it be good or bad? Probably bad. <laughs> Podcast of optimism, Paul. That's you. <laughs> what? What? I'm the pessimist. You're, you're the one who said we were going to get Kevin Durant. Minor lapse of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Still possible. And we'll get into that. Anything is possible. We're going to get into Kevin Durant. Oh, look at this guy. This guy's he's got he's got thoughts. He's got thoughts. He's got ideas and I love all of them even though I haven't heard them yet. So, okay. So, Suns game, Spurs game. Spurs game, yeah. You want to talk about what do you want to talk about? Well, to be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I was in 
Grand Junction, Colorado this week, oh. so I followed along in GameCast. Was best that I could do. better or worse than Boise, Idaho? Worse. Okay. Boise's actually a pretty cool town. Oh. Except it was cold. Well, yeah. Grand Junction, it was 19 this morning. I mean, it's no mm-hmm. Chicago with negative 27 or whatever the hell it is. 19 what? I don't get that. Degrees. Oh. I did get that. That was facetious because I've lived in Phoenix and San Diego and Tucson, so... Have you ever experienced 19 degrees? Yes. It's cold. I probably blocked it from my memory because that sounds... Have you experienced negative? No, for sure not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Why cold. would people do that? Why would people... Why? Why? A What's lot of people, people live in Chicago. Why? I don't know. My parents moved from Chicago. They're like, we're never fucking going back. The place is miserable. <laughs> My parents live in Chicago, too. <laughs> what do they say? They left because they thought it was racist. <laughs> I, okay. I, I don't know how to respond to that. Sons. Yeah. So, Spurs game. Spurs game. Paul did not watch from Grand Junction, Colorado. <laughs> I did, I did. But I did see the clip from uh, Popovich after the game. I mean, arguably... More of that, com- his comments were directed at his own team in that he thought they played a bad game. But it was very interesting to see him say that the Suns deserve to win and should have won that game. That he thought they played a pretty good game. They they were the ones who were being aggressive through the whole thing. I mean, granted, the Spurs were without DeMar DeRozan, so that would have changed the calculus of that game if he was in. But seeing the Suns try hard and actually getting recognition for it was nice. I'd like to see more of that. And in case anybody out there, if you listen to our podcast, you probably heard the quote, but what Pop said was, quote, to begin the game, I thought they outplayed us and outcoached us. Out-physicaled us, out-executed us, and we had no respect for them or the game. We didn't play with each other, and it was a pathetic performance. Phoenix got robbed. End quote. I take two things away from that quote. First one, and I'll address this first because if you follow me on Twitter, you know it's my favorite subject to discuss in the NBA. What, hating the Spurs? refs. Oh, the refs, yes. The refs. <laughs> because... There was a pivotal moment. You have a hot key for stretch at, at official the, NBA refs. And I will say <laughs> that I have also DM'd them multiple times, and they have not responded once. And okay, let's let's you know what? Let's talk about my DMs to at official NBA referees. Be careful here; you don't want to get arrested. Well, <laughs> if if I was going to be arrested, I feel like it would have happened by now. Um. One DM is, why does this count exist? Fans ask for explanations, get nothing, no response. I then followed up, seems like a fair question. That should have been a simple answer, no response. Then a couple weeks later, oh no, same day. Said, so is it fair to say you admit that Brent Barnacki is involved in game fixing and the NBA acknowledges it and just lets it happen, just like Tim Donahue? I will take your silence as an admission. No response, so... The answer is yes, then, clearly, right? <laughs> clearly. Then, apparently, I got back on my, my, my high horse about four weeks later and said, be honest, you guys even think Kevin Scott sucks, right? Off the record, please, again, be honest. No response. I don't see why. Why do they exist? Why do they exist? Why does that account exist? 
to answer nice questions. I'll send a nice question next time. To, to Maybe answer next time I'll be like, what a fantastic Intelligently play. thought out. I feel like you go back and watch those games. Those were all very intelligently thought out, okay? Okay? In fact, Roth was there with me at one of those games, I feel, because, no, that can't be right. No, because it was right around the new year when we went to those games. So, so it would have been the one probably I wasn't at? Yeah. 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 That would seem to be it. Although, one of my, I, was at, I was at one of the games. That, yeah, because Tony was with me. Yeah. And I was, see, and he goes, do you just have, like, in your phone a roster of the NBA referees and who they are based on number? I'm like, no, but maybe I do. Maybe I do. Anyway, back to my original point, and that is that when Pop says Phoenix got robbed, there was a pivotal play down the stretch where Booker got called for a charge Mm -hmm. at midcourt where a dude clearly stepped under him Mm -hmm. and, in fact, was probably something that Booker could have and knowing him, perhaps should have, gotten super fired up about because it was, you know, a borderline questionable play. Like, somebody can get hurt on that kind of play, and he got a foul called on him. <coughs> yeah, that that's, a, that's of, always the fun one when... Right, and that kind you of... You could have gotten hurt on the play. And then it's on then you. it's on you, yeah. on Especially at midcourt. It was, on, it was on an outlet pass. It was an outlet pass. <laughs> so, I think that's what he was referring to in terms of they got robbed because... That really turned the momentum of the game. Right. The other thing that I think is interesting, and I frankly didn't think about this until I just read this quote, he says, and outcoached us. People have questioned Igor a lot this year. Well, I think that's... Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. And I think that's because we had high hopes. <laughs> but... For Pop to admit that he was outcoached in any part of the game by Igor, a first-year head coach, that has to give Suns fans a little bit of, how do I say this, optimism? Dare you say it? Dare I? Because I feel like maybe this being the podcast of optimism, it would make sense for me to say. But anyway. You digress. Hyperbole aside. Hyperbole aside. Which is I think do. I think that's I, I do think that's a very very positive thing to take out of that. Yeah, and you know Pop being his kind of salty self, but he's always whenever he does that he's kind loquacious. of thing, he's yes, that's a great word. It's a great word. There's always truth behind what he's doing. He's never yeah. been like, oh, you know, we 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 played terrible and blah 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 and didn't mean it. You know, right? He comes across as brash and kind of dickish but there's truth behind it and on any I, I level when you're like saying pop. that you are basically out coaching who is quite possibly the best coach in nba history yeah for any portion of the game whatsoever and he admits it i think that's great but go on you like pop i want to hear this well i mean we've, we had <laughs> I don't this. i know you don't i know J- just like I'm you like the patriots this. and i don't <laughs> false I do not like the Patriots. You tolerate them. I respect them. See, I don't. Go on. But because I'm going, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to. I we're getting into this. Let's do this. Go. You as, go. As Why do you respect Pop? No, the, no. You said you like Pop. I lo- I like, I like him personally. more than I respect him. Okay. I think I like him personally, as as a person. I mean, 
not to get too much into politics, but I think I like how he speaks I knew out. You're doing that, but go on. But um, I, I like the way he speaks out. He's very intelligent and has a point of view that's just not that's not just like oh th- what's going on sucks. He has a <laughs> point and he gets it across very well. But from from a basketball perspective, it's very much been since the Suns have been less than good <laughs> for the last and you say you're a pessimist <laughs> i couch things go on but since the suns have been less than good over the last eight decade, years almost almost a decade because there isn't that direct competition and we're i'm not dealing with the spurs literally like stomping on our necks year after year after year and like crushing our hopes of finally getting that championship because we're I'm in a situation where or the Suns are in a situation where them winning a championship isn't really a possibility. I'm able to watch the Spurs as a basketball team and not just as a rival. And it's just been very impressive to me to watch him continuously evolve as a coach and evolve the team's playing style based on the personnel he has. You know, Tim Duncan started to slow down, but they got Kawhi Leonard in there and they they adjusted the style. They actually started to go faster once Tim Duncan started to slow down. That he really like turned the turn it over to like Manny and or Manu and Tony and Kawhi and just like, hey, get this thing down the court and get it in the basket. And then shifted again when the personnel changed, when he um, now that he's got DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, like he's actually kind of leaning into the skid that they're, these guys are really good uh, mid-range shooters, which is not the traditional or not the current in vogue in the NBA. And But he's making it work, and he just he makes it work, and that is that's always been impressive to me. Isn't that the same thing that Bill Belichick does, though? Yes. It's it's a personal thing why I hate the Patriots. It has nothing to do with how good they are on the field. I just hate them. Okay. But but, 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 but it's different. But hold on. We're talking about two different things here, then. Yes. Because you said you like Popovich. Yes. But you hate the Patriots. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Belichick? I, I respect him as a coach. I do don't really like him as a person. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I know where you're coming from with that. Here's, go on. Honestly, I think that the thing about the Patriots, beyond the fact that similarly as a San Diego Chargers fan. Slash LA Chargers. No. Well, yeah, because including this year, the Patriots have pulled similar to what the Spurs had done in the Suns in the past repeatedly knocked them out of the playoffs when they were in positions to potentially like win when they like had actually had really good teams. And I will say the Suns the last two times the Suns played the Spurs in the playoffs, they knocked them out. Which was all which was fun because I, I <laughs> kind of remember that. Well neither of my kids were born no actually one of them was, but still. But I think really the thing that gets me about the Patriots is I can't stand Boston fans anymore. Okay, that's fair. And that that arrogance that they have, which comes a little bit from the Patriots as a team, because whereas the Spurs, 
they don't really act arrogant as a team. They're just like, we're here to do a job. We do it like a machine, and we just get out, but we win. The Patriots, they kind of do the same thing, but they're also like, we're better than you. And that is transition translated to Boston fans. And I used to like Boston fans because they were like scrappy underdogs. They're not anymore. They're worse than Yankee fans. Because yeah. as a city, from a sports perspective, they've won two GD much in the yeah. last 15 years. He just said GD. Okay, we're going to get God off this it. subject. Let me, let me, but let me put in my two cents. Let me, let me put in my two cents. Okay, Popovich. Yes. Has a very good beard. He does. He does. <laughs> I, I I would love I would love to ha- let me put it like this. let me let me say this I would if I had to choose who I want to sit down and have one or two or eight beers with I would pick Pop over Belichick or yes just, okay yes not just like in general no he'd be like <laughs> far down my list but we went through all those years where Popovich had Bruce Bowen on his team who I think is probably the dirtiest player in the history of the NBA. Mm -hmm. He had Manu Ginobili, who was the biggest flopper in the history of the NBA. And at no point did he ever have any issue with any of it. Now, this is going to be a terrible comparison but at least when, at least when Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Hernandez got indicted for murder, they cut him. But my Belichick purposely himself cheated. He didn't just let his players do shit. But he but, told his coaches to do it. But they took their shit for it. I feel like Popovich has run this dirty program with these dirty players for all these years and just reaps the benefits from it. Outside of Bruce Bowen, name another dirty player on the Spurs. Manu Ginobili, he headbutted Steve Nash. Robert Ory, he hip-checked Steve okay, Nash. Okay, Robert Ory. Do you want me to keep <laughs> going? Okay, Robert Ory, I remember that one. I don't remember the headbutt. Remember when he got like gashed open and his right. nose was bleeding, and he had, they they were trying. To I thought that was Tony Parker. Who, who fucking whoever it was, I'm gonna go with Mount. It might have been Tony Parker. That would make more sense. But I think that was also it. Also appeared to be accidental. Appeared, appeared to be, to be. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> they got nothing for it. At least Belichick has cheated, and he and they've gotten their medicine, and then cheated again, and they do it again. Fine. <laughs> you know what? If you're gonna be a bad guy, admit you're a bad guy. So B. Hans Gruber? B. Hans Gruber. So that's why. That's why. And I think that, well, this also comes into play. I feel like in the NFL compared to the NBA, there's a lot more that goes into coaching. Name, 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 uh, let's see, name the last great running back that the Patriots had. Oh, I mean, the way the Patriots, like, right. run their staff outside of Brady and Gronk, and like, somehow they managed been, to make like every eight, white, white, like right seven-yard <laughs> passes work incredibly yeah. well, and they make white guys look good as wide receivers. Yeah, it's like it's nobody almost, else could do it's that. Almost like Belichick's like, I only want white slot receivers. That's all That's I want. It. That's all That's I want. It. Anything else on the Spurs game, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the Super Bowl at all since we start talking about the Patriots? Welcome welcome to the new Fanning the Flames NFL podcast. Um, 
Seriously, anything else on the no, Spurs game? Not at all. I will say, Spurs game, uh, how about the performance by Mikhail Bridges and Devin Booker that night? I mean, Booker, you know. Booker did Booker we, things. We, we, we expect it, but I mean, 14 for 19 is still yeah. freaking impressive. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he hasn't been the most efficient this year. He's been put, he's putting up counting stats, but it's nice to see when he starts putting up, like, efficient it, stats. It's, it's hard to be efficient when, like, He's 80% the of the workload is on you. Yeah. Um, and I think with Mikhail Bridges, you know, 7 for 9, 17 points, 4 steals. Need I say more? That's exactly what we expected. To get. Well, that's even more than what we expected to get out of him. And, you know, he went 3 for 5 from deep, too. We've been waiting for him to really start getting that stroke. So, right. you know, hopefully, hopefully things start clicking for him. Um, but, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think... I think it's been said a time or two. The Suns need a point guard. A little bit. A lot bit. So, how are we going to get that point guard, Paul? Is it going to be a trade? Maybe. Oh, speaking of trades, how about Kristaps Porzingis? <laughs> yeah, that was quick. Getting traded today. <laughs> yeah, that was... That developed rapidly. You barely even had time. You and, didn't even have time to write write up pieces on. Oh, here are the best options of where you can go. In the words of Ron Burgundy, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Methinks that the whole story that came out via Woj about the meeting and coming out of the meeting thinking he doesn't want to be here and he like. Possibly would be interested in a trade. It was a ruse. Yeah. I, me thinks this has been in the works for a bit. Yeah. And the Knicks tried to save face and made up this shit and told it to Woj. I mean, not that it didn't happen, but it would might have just been like, okay, we've been kind of doing this thing. We had this meeting. We have it lined up. We just want to see where he where his head's at. They gathered his head is not in New York. Boom. I forgot he was in the league. Well, because he's been out. All right. So let's recap really quickly. The trade is Porzingis is going to Dallas. Along and with that part, I did Courtney not Lee. Courtney Lee. And Hardaway? Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of cash went to Dallas. And um, coming back is Dennis Smith Jr. So there's one point guard. That yeah. was available. That is no longer available. Right. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks, which, Paul, if you're so inclined, you can explain now because you tried to explain it to me earlier, and I got completely right. lost. It is it's, it is a bit confusing. So, on paper, the picks that Two were, minutes or less, please. Three. I need three. 2.30. Okay. Go. On paper, the picks that were conveyed were the 2021 unprotected and the 2023, I believe, top 10 protected. But because in the Luka Doncic trade, Dallas uh, <laughs> traded their fir- their first round pick for 2019 to the Atlanta Hawks, top five protected. If that pick, if if Dallas maintains that pick in 2019, it rolls over to 2020, which means the picks that were traded to New York also roll over a year each because you cannot <laughs> trade cons- picks in consecutive years. Boom, under a minute. That was great. I'm happy you did it that quickly because I stopped listening after about 12 seconds. Because it's complicated. And I don't really care. No. 
And I'm probably I'm, I'm guessing most people listening don't either. So because yeah, it's because you're talking about picks in 2021. Let's ask let's ask this question then. That's I feel like they could have gotten a better deal. Did who? New York. They got shit for arguably a top 25 player in the league if healthy. Yeah. I mean, he was well, putting well, up well. What's the kicker, Paul? How much healthy. cap space do they have? They have a shit ton of cap space now. But still, they probably could have done that and made it look like they could have gotten something legit for him. Like they could probably could have gone to another team with <coughs> cap space or or like one year deals like the Suns could have been if they hadn't made some moves, some releases. Like mm-hmm, the dead mm-hmm. money that is on the books. All the dead money that the Suns have on the books. Is but it? Is that it? Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're getting the... the which, which, which of those guys that they got back are uh, expiring? I mean, DeAndre Jordan is, which is a huge contract. Yeah. Is, I don't know if Wes Matthews is. Yes, he is. Okay. The entire deal is... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if both those guys are waived. Like, immediately. So they freed up cap space. They freed up so cap space. this offseason. This offseason. Season, they're going to have $76 million, I think, roughly, is I think the, the number out there, in available cap space, which is under current CBA numbers and room for two max slots. So it's a, they're gambling. That's a huge gamble. And you, you wonder if... There's some like wink wink stuff going on because there's there's been that talk that Durant wants a different challenge. He's like he, he went to Golden he State. Wants he wants a different challenge or an actual challenge? An actual challenge. He went to Golden State, he got his championships, that's out of the way. Now he wants to but the unintended consequence of that is he's his Q rating in the NBA has dipped a lot because he looks like he's a bandwagon jumper jumper. Hmm? And I think there he wants to change the narrative about himself good, a little bit. Good for him. So he wants to go somewhere to um, you know bring that take that knowledge similar to LeBron when he went back to Cleveland is like take that knowledge of oh, except that he went back to Cleveland where oh wait no he went back to Cleveland then demanded they get him more pieces right but that's just how LeBron works and that's what he's doing in L.A. and we'll get to that but. We certainly will. Because he did the same thing in Miami. <laughs> but, what? What? And just as he gets more power. Don't get, me, don't get me into anyway, LeBron. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, because we're going to get into it. but Because uh, it's kind of unavoidable. But um, he wants a different challenge. And the idea of, like, people speculate that the idea of him going to New York, going to the Knicks, and bringing them back to relevance and... Ideally, get at least getting them to the finals and pro- hopefully winning a championship that New York hasn't done since, I think, 73 with Phil Jackson. So there's that speculation and rumor out there that that's possible. And on top of that, there has been some very obvious discontent on the part of one Monsieur Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. up just just a quick jaunt north from uh, New York to the lovely town of Boston. Can I point out that me being a guy who's never not only lived on the East Coast but ever been out there, 
I had no idea that Boston was north of New York. <laughs> no clue. Yeah. I don't know what, what like what's where over there. But finish and finish quickly okay. because funny story. Oh god. No you're you were gonna laugh. I don't think you're gonna laugh as hard as I did last time. I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever will in the history of mankind so, but go on. So a couple years ago I was I was working on my laptop um at home. It was like six o'clock at night. And one of my uh, coworkers, this girl I met at training up in uh, Minneapolis, which is kind of where our headquarters is, she's, um, she was based in uh, Chicago. And she's like, what are you doing on so late? And I'm like, it's 6 o'clock. What are you talking about? And she's like, I, I thought Arizona was – it was like way later in Arizona right now. I'm like, where do in you think – In Chicago? Well, Where do you think worse. Arizona is? And she's like – East of Texas? That's not even. Fu- that's not funny. That's just sad. I feel I, like it's. Be- I this is your really current company. Yeah. Don't ever mention their name because that she speaks- doesn't work for us anymore. That makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Quick trivia question for you. Shoot. Name the last New York Nick who was drafted by the team and signed a contract after their rookie contract. I know the answer to this. I learned this today. Did you I, listen to Gambo and Ash today? I did not listen to Gambo and Ash, but I saw oh, wait, it elsewhere. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Wow. <laughs> I still <laughs> say that. I still say that. But um, I, I think it's – I don't think that's exactly accurate. I think it's the first draft pick to sign more than one contract with them. Like sign a nope. recent – No, it's just a just an off-the-rookie deal extension. Oh, Wow. Yes, yeah, I was, I was like, I was trying to give them some credit that it was like, okay, you got a player. You Answer the question, Paul. Charlie Ward, right? Yes. <laughs> you didn't learn that today. Yeah. I, we were 13 when he was drafted, maybe? No, 12. 12. He was 92, 93? Well, I was 12, yeah. 94. So think about that. That's yeah. 20, almost 25, 25 years. years. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Okay. Now, let's step back, like, literally seven minutes outside of all this New York Knicks talk in Boston and everything else. You mentioned something about how if the Suns didn't make certain moves, they could have yes. had that cap space, those contracts to move to New York yes. and Porzingis. Let's say in this hypothetical world of ours, that was an option. We still had those contracts. Would you have wanted to trade for Porzingis? I don't know. I mean, because we have... Like, when, when there was the option to trade for Porzingis two years ago... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about today. Well, I, the injury is very scary. Like, I, it's, I don't... There's so much risk involved in that injury. But at the same time... And I don't know how well he'd pair with Aiton. That's that's really the biggest question, which is also kind of a similar question of like <laughs> trading for Anthony Davis, unless you traded Aiden. Oh, is he available? I yeah, oh, very. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Very. No, I'm kidding. I knew that. Just for Did the you? record. So, can you answer the question? Would I trade for Kristaps Porzingis today? Today? Today. If all I had to trade was Josh Jackson, and well, that's not possible. Well, no, like, I'm just saying, he was traded for the 10th pick in the same draft, plus a bunch of 
cap filler. I, the, honestly, the biggest problem would be taking on the other money. I don't think I'd want to take on the other money. Okay. And I only bring that up because you said you you brought that up. But, I, I mean, I think they may actually, actually Chris Stapps had a pretty good outside game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to have, he used pretty limber for a five. He could play the four pretty well, I think. So that would be an interesting combo, the four-five for those two guys. I've like I've never heard somebody speak for like two minutes and without not answering my question. Would I trade for him? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't feel the commitment there. I didn't the feel like, yeah, fuck it, why not? Well, because I mean, well, because I guess the other thing you're looking at is he's going into restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. Like you have to sign him this summer, or mm-hmm. but again, if with the amount that you're giving him, giving up for him, you know. It's not like what Dallas gave up for him was not much at all. It was a guy they didn't want, and it was three guys they didn't want. Right. <laughs> right. No, you that's know, fair. Th- like that. That trade did not. The outgoing. So, stuff so let's do it like this. If if it was if it was a Suns with the same yes, type be, of analysis, it'd be Tyson Chandler, Trevor Ariza, and Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Is the is give it a whirl. Equivalent trade. That's fair. I would, yeah, maybe not. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's why not? It's a flyer. Uh, again, the hard part would be taking back the Tim Hardaway deal, taking back the um, what was the other one? Uh, I totally forgot. I totally forgot too. Okay, that guy. Whatever. Yeah, he's unimportant, but he's it's still money and it's long term deals, which is not really the position the Suns want to right. be in. Which is a fair point there too. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. We're coming to the point in the program now where you're going to convince me, Paul. You ready to do this? Yes. Where you're going to convince me that the Suns should trade DeAndre Ayton to get Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Go. Go. Okay. So I was thinking about this. I hope so. Yes. I. And... My thought process is, I mean, it's it's a hundred percent a push all your chips in the middle play because he's it's a it's risky because he's which makes sense for a team that's what has the worst record in the NBA to do. Yeah, exactly. It does. I was being facetious, I, but go I'm on. not because you get Anthony Davis, you pair him with Devin Booker, that really does change the out outlook for the Suns. And I was trade machine wise, I was like, okay. Aiton, Jackson, Warren. That and probably our pick. Mm-hmm. But I would one top one percent to protect the pick. Okay. So you still have the shot at getting Zion as well. But more so, it's I think putting Devin Booker and Anthony Davis as a recruiting package. Theoretically. With the other, with the other, because we have all this dead money that's coming off the books, we would still have pretty close to the availability to get a third max slot in there. Mm-hmm. When you have some other players coming available, who could fit into that rather nicely, and players who want to change a narrative, who would like to bring a championship to a place that has never had one. Players who maybe don't want the media of the biggest media capital in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
there's an option. There's a possibility there of like, okay, you have two pieces. Like the pro, the concern right now is we have one piece. We have Booker. We hope we have another piece in Aiden. You know, who's twenty? Who's twenty? Who's and seven years of control? Yeah, seven years of control. But we know what Anthony Davis is. Mm-hmm. We know he is. In some case, in some people's opinion, the best player in the NBA right now. Okay. I will take the risk on a year and a half of the best player in the NBA. To potentially mortgage the next decade of the team? Yeah. If, because it gives you, it gives you the possibility of, you get that third guy in, then you're, you're set for the next decade. Because if you were able to attract that third guy in free agency, Davis would be stupid not to resign. And then you've got your team. But is that third guy going to come to this team without somebody who, no point guard? You're saying, who, who would you say to trade? T.J. Warren? T.J. Warren, Josh Jackson, and um, Aiton. And the, and the pick. So, so you get those three guys. Yeah. Let's, let's just assume you get those three guys. Yeah. Then the rest of your starter lineup is made up of Mikhail Bridges? Well, I'm, I'm saying that the guy, theoretically, that I would be like, oh, make this attractive would be Kevin, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, yes. So you yeah, got, thank you, Paul. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I had alluded to it earlier. But yes, the point guard thing is still an issue, but you get those three guys in there, you're going to be able to, well, one, between Booker and Durant, both of those guys can facilitate. Two, you still have the potentiality of a D'Anthony Melton or an Elliot Cobo turning into something. Three, you will have... You're now an attractive destination for players who, like older players who, you know, could run a show but aren't, you know, commanding like massive contracts anymore. So, but uh, yes, there you the, still don't have a point guard, but you have three guys. Like, what? What would you? Let me let me ask you this: If you had to put odds on it, if that trade happened, what odds would you give the Suns to actually land Kevin Durant then? I mean, they would be able to get in the room. I guarantee you that. Oh, great! They got in the room with LeBron. No, I like legitimately get in the room. They got in the room what with are, LeBron. What are the? They didn't odds? actually get in the room with LeBron. What they are, got in the room with Rich Paul. Right. Okay. Fair. What are the odds you would give? That's my question. I mean, please twenty-five percent. Twenty. I said it's a huge gamble. It's not like none of this is guaranteed, but I mean you're looking at a guy who's still with the Warriors, can re-sign with them for the most money. Can go to New York. Could go to New York, who also would have a max cap slot, but but he'd be going into that with massive risk because he doesn't know what else is gonna show up. You know, even if it's him and Kyrie, they don't know what the rest of that team looks like. The Suns are sitting on a team of Devin Booker. Anthony Davis, and we still have Mikhail Bridges surrounding that. We still have um, Kelly Oubre. We still have a bunch, like 
a handful of useful guys, complementary guys, who can fill out that roster. Yes, we're still missing a point guard, but I think we'd be okay. I think Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Anthony Davis can survive without a true point guard. I just think that. Well, I just think that if you put those three guys, to, or, let me step back. I think if you put Booker and Anthony Davis together without any guarantee that Anthony Davis is sticking around. Right. That 25% is... That's the best. I would say the odds that Durant comes to the Suns would still be far less. And not to change the whole podcast of optimism thing. I see where you're going, and I will, I will admit this. You've convinced me more than I thought you would. But I am still nowhere near thinking that would be a be, be a good move. Well, the Suns, we can't stop thinking, waiting for the perfect move. We just can't. I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at in just the last couple of years, Paul George, or Oklahoma City took a flyer to get, take Paul George, and instead instead of him bolting after a year to LA, he resigned for three years. Right, and they're they're a very solid middle of pack. A very Western solid middle-of-the-pack team. team. They're like second in the fucking league. Okay, they're a very solid second the, they're in the like league the, They're like the only team that could actually give the Warriors not. a shot. Okay. In the league. Okay. Well, actually, maybe not. The Toronto arguably could. But there then again, go. are we really going there with the Toronto Raptors? But, um, but actually, the Toronto Raptors are another argument for this. They took a flyer on Kawhi. They gave up a lot for Kawhi. And he may not stay. But you got to take that shot. You got to take that risk. You know. Yeah, it, but that can, but, but that team's a lot. That was a, that team was a lot closer than right. the Suns are. Yes, they were. Yes, that I a hundred percent admit that. But at the same time, you bring in experience that can turn around a team really, really quickly, or it can put us back. Yes, where we are for the next decade. I think there. I mean, you have to admit there's a much higher likelihood that it puts us back where we are for the next decade than it is that we it, it, we end up winning a title with that move. Well, you have to. You said there's a twenty five percent chance that Kurt, Kevin Durant comes if that happens. Right. So statistically, you're saying there's a seventy five percent chance we get fucked. Yes. Okay. But at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't again, mean to, I don't mean to kill your I'm hopes. Saying, I'm saying you know what? We have that, to take a risk, and we're not taking fucking risks. Whoa, calm down. I'm just saying. I'm so like, happy. I'm sitting on the other side of the room right now. I feel I'm, like you're I'm getting a little saying, fiery. Like that I'm one getting, time, I thought you were going to punch sick, me. I feel like uh, I'm getting sick of Suns fans going, always finding an excuse to shoot down whenever somebody comes available. Oh, there's not enough time left on his contract. Oh, he doesn't fit in exactly how we need him. Oh, oh this we reason. don't want to give up the number one draft pick we just took who could become a generational player. For a generational player. That might be here for a year and a half. Less than a year and a half. Right. I, I get that. But at the same time, we have yet to see one of those guys then bolt again. Like, somebody's been traded... You know, depending on the situation, I mean, yes, it could happen because the Suns have had shitty luck. They have a shitty owner. You know, there's a How lot. How dare you? There's a lot of risk. <laughs> there's a lot of risk there. But at the same time, 
you know, it putting Aiton on the table would get us in the room. Because, like, everybody talks about, like, the play, you know, like, who has the best package of who they could offer. The Suns are not included in that conversation because, which is interesting because they're like, they just assume Aiton's not on the table. But they keep throwing Tatum in there from Boston. So I'm like... I would rather have Aiton than Tatum. As a Suns, um, point being that I, if I had Tatum on this team, I would put him on the table too for that. But I wouldn't put Aiton on the table. I would. And that's just... I, I, w- I would consider it heavily. I mean, I could be talked out of it, yes. But at the same time... That's not the point of this. You're supposed to talk me into it, not, not, not talk yourself out of it. I'm not talking myself out of it. I'm just saying that it was something like it's a very bold move. Oh, that's fair. I'll say that. It's a I'll very bold move, that. and I think the Suns need to make a very bold move, and rather than constantly finding a reason not to do something, we need to just do something. I mean, yes, if it backfires, we're fucked. It sucks, but. If it doesn't backfire, because I mean that's literally what the Knicks just did. They like they traded their franchise piece for shit. Yeah, but their franchise piece who has an injury that's kept him out for an extended period of time. He want he's ready to play. They don't want him to play because they're tanking. Is that true? Yes, that's part of the reason he's discontented. Is he wants to play and they're not letting him, and he's like, I don't like being around losing, okay. even though. So, but still, that was their guy. That was their franchise piece. And they traded him to clear cap space for a risk that they can get two new guys in the building. At least in this scenario, you're bringing in a top five player into your building. But you have to take into account the fact that we're talking about New York and Phoenix. Right. New York can be as shitty as it could ever possibly be. But it can still attract players because it's New York. Outside of Carmelo, who have they attracted? No, I'm saying they could. Would you say? Let's put it like this. Everything else even. What's their history of attracting players? Everything else even. Would Where'd you, you go think, to New York or Phoenix? Right. Everything else even. I go to New York. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, yeah, it makes 100 percent sense. From, I mean, there was always there was this talk in the past couple years that. Size of market didn't matter anymore just because because the internet is the internet and you can be famous anywhere. Which but it's 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 proven false. Those guys the, don't need the internet. Well I'm just saying like the, the the argument was Kevin Durant is like he is still one of the most po- he was one of the most popular players in the NBA and he was in fucking Oklahoma City. Like the worst television market right. in all the most well part. actually maybe second. I don't know where San Antonio falls in there. But one of the worst television markets in the NBA and he was the number two marquee star in the league. So, and and Kevin Love was a similar example up in Minnesota, even though they weren't even winning. But um, from that standpoint, there was an argument that market didn't really matter anymore. But in recent years, that has shifted because market still does matter. And those, but I mean, Kevin Durant has said on record he likes Phoenix as a city. I'm sure a lot of guys have. I'm sure a lot of those guys have homes out here. So, I mean, it's not like the physical location isn't attractive. And you're still relatively close to Los Angeles. So you can still leech onto some of that activity as well. But 
what I was getting back to was from the standpoint of maintaining Anthony Davis, if you can get him in your building, I don't trust that the Lakers will be able to maintain cap space to sign him into 2020 mm-hmm. if they don't trade for him now. Okay. So if that's where he wants to go and then it's not available anymore, you have a better sh- chance of me bring- keeping him, especially if you've had a year under your belt where he has, one, gotten used to the system, learned to play with Devin Booker, become comfortable with hopefully a winning situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if it, if the Suns still suck, we're fucked. But it's a situ- It's a if you bring him in, you pair two guys who are really good, and arguably with the open cap space during the summer, you're able to attract that third guy. Then you have that cornerstone. That's the point of it. And then you attract that third guy, and then and then it makes it harder to resign Anthony, or for Anthony Davis to walk away from that. That's the point. And I'll say this: if it happened, I wouldn't be like up in arms. Right, but I don't like it. If that makes sense, you don't like it till you, till he till he resigns. But I will also say this about the whole New York comparison there. Mm-hmm. Porzingis, okay, I get your point that he's their he was their cornerstone. They also had zero direction, and I feel like the Suns have a good young core. Aiton was the well, maybe not the capper of that core because. We might get another capper of the core. <laughs> Maybe we'll have two caps to the core <laughs> um, during this draft. And I, I mean, it just it, it 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 seems it seems it seems foolhardy to a certain extent. I think if you're going to sit back and you're going to weigh it between where your likelihood of success is, I feel like the likelihood of success. Drop significantly if you make that move. I'm not saying that Aiton, Booker, and whoever they get, whether it be Zion or John Moran, Moran, or whoever, some other guy that just pops out of nowhere. Um, I'm not saying that that's going to necessarily result. In great success, I great success. I hope that it does, but I think it gives you a higher likelihood of it if you stick to what's been going on as opposed to mortgaging the next seven years, hoping that that type of move works out. Let's move on because wow, Dude, have we gone long? We're going long. We haven't even talked about the Anthony Davis situation. And what could actually possibly happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's talk about that. <clears throat> Anthony Davis. Have we been talking about him yet? Have we mentioned him? A little bit. A little bit. So he's on the block. And there's serious rumbles about him going to the Lakers. Right. And Lonzo Ball being involved in that trade. Right. And Lonzo Ball. Not wanting to go to And New or his camp, if you will. I'd actually he's think dead. he'd actually fit really well in New Orleans. Doesn't want to go to New Orleans and doesn't wants to go to a team without an established point guard. Right. Do we know a team like that? No. Mm. Not really. 
Okay, we'll move move on. You know, our 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 plethora of point guards. We have so many. We're established, like collectively. <laughs> collectively, we've put established them all a lot of them. <laughs> um, so the rumbling has been that it's possible that There's ball ends up here. Interest. Mutual interest. It has been reported. So I Paul, don't know what we'd ship out. What do you what do you what do you think about? Let's let's not worry about those details. Details, details. If we if we could sh- I mean, not that I'd want to lose him because I actually am enjo- enjoying his play this year, but it's been reported that Sarver isn't a huge fan of T.J. Warren and wants him gone. Actually, part of it was part of the reason that McDonough didn't was let go. Mm-hmm. So if that's the move, like that'd be, that'd be a he'd be a piece that would fit and help New Orleans pretty well. But honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Lonzo's camp is like i don't want to go to new orleans i think he'd fit in really well there okay i think in gentry's offense would unleash him okay in the way in the way he plays and playing alongside drew holiday who's more of a combo guard than a true point guard Mm -hmm. i think it would work really well but i mean that's his choice he doesn't want or that's his position is he doesn't want to go to new orleans on it I'm not the biggest fan of Lonzo Ball. I don't think he's really shown a lot of improvement year over year. Granted, I don't know how much of that is LeBron. And just LeBron plays better with more established players who kind of know their game. He can elevate that more than he can elevate young guys who are still trying to figure stuff out. Particularly when Lonzo is kind of made slightly irrelevant. Right. Next to a 6'9", 260-pound point guard. And if Lonzo can't shoot, which is, that's that's a rather big issue. On my list, like, there's so many people who are still so high on Lonzo Ball. I just, I've never been high on him. Like, I didn't want the, if the Suns had the number two pick, I didn't want the Suns to draft him. I think that was on record. I'm sure it was. He was not my preferred pick. And he hasn't shown me enough in the sophomore season to show that he's overcoming or he's working to correct his weaknesses. Kind of like Josh Jackson. But. Well, we all know Josh Jackson doesn't play basketball till after January. Right, so, yeah. right. Yeah, it's got to turn. It's got to turn see, a new let's, year. Let's wait. Let's wait and see who it is the rest of the year. He's like a werewolf right. of the NBA season. It's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> when the full moon comes out, he's like Teen Wolf in the actual movie, yes. where and like the basketball not yes. quite that good because that guy was ridiculous. But. Yeah, he was also five two. Right, <laughs> but hairy. So yes. Um, but and then there's the Lavar. Yeah, which, that, like, that's, that's my, my big, that's my biggest that's my biggest problem with it is Levar Ball because you know he's been quiet this year, but it's because LeBron. It's just yeah. building up. Absolutely, it's just building up. And when you put him in an organization with not a strong culture, mm-hmm. he's gonna run roughshod. Although I feel like like Robert Sarver might know some guys that would like take him out, like literally take him out. Like Levar Ball just shows up like one day, like you know. Two broken legs, what have you? I I would um, be very scared of Levar Ball coming in and somehow poisoning. Yeah, Devin Booker. Yeah, that that that, that would be my biggest problem because I mean, at the end of the day, 
if it were to if we if we had to give up TJ Warren to get Lonzo Ball and I'm not super high on Ball, but he's better than what we have now. I think he makes the team better. I mean, right. if, I think if you take out TJ Warren, put Lonzo Ball in, the team's better. Right. Put aside the fact he can't shoot, but he can at least run an offense. He can run an offense. He can get he guys can, the ball. He can the pass the ball, and and you know, frankly, maybe maybe that kind of change of environment is what he would need. Right. You know, he he doesn't have that bright spotlight of LA. He's not sitting there being like. I want to show LeBron that I can do what I can do because I, I feel like him and Booker could probably pay, play well next to each other. Right, and Lonzo's pretty decent on defense too. So. And, and and to his credit, he is by far, out of that family, the one with the most level head, which is kind of ironic considering he's the one with the most talent. Right, right. But, yeah, I, LeVar would be the biggest problem for me. I That guy, I just... I, there are a lot of people in sports that I don't like. I'll even go as far as saying there are a lot of people in sports I hate. Mm-hmm. He's got to be top right at the top of the list. I would say... Like two? Yes, right behind who, Paul? Who do you hate most? Well, come on, dude. You've known him for 20 years. you got to know this shit. Who do I hate most in sports? Manager Ginobili? Okay, he's three. <laughs> but Ginobili's not one. Okay, actually, well, I'll say this. I'll say Ginobili and Bruce Bowen would be tied for two, so I'll call LeVarbrough four then. We haven't talked about him today. Same, no, we haven't. Same sport, same league. Oh, LeBron James. No. Well, I hate. I definitely hate <laughs> LeVar Ball more than LeBron James. You hear that, LeBron? You're welcome. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily a player. Not Pop. No. Maybe somebody who has some, at some point in his life, control over the league? Oh, David Stern. David Stern, the devil himself. That <laughs> is the man. Okay. So, I completely forgot about David Stern. He's just, I've watched myself. Well, I will never forget about David Stern. Well, I mean, I... Never. I, yeah, I mean... Never. So, okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I have this. I have this. I do have a gut feeling that the Suns are going to come out of this trade de- deadline with Lonzo Ball. I do. I mean, I think that's the most likely of scenarios. If they come out with anybody in the trade deadline, anybody of substance. Well, I mean, th- there's a strong possibility that, like, realistically, like leverage wise, the the Pelicans should wait till the summer. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean. You get you get Boston on the table. You get a bunch of other teams who like just because of the way contracts are structured and whatnot. Things become available. You're right there. Sorry, sleepy. A little sleepy. I've been traveling. Maybe we should start doing this in the morning. No, like the solar panel guys just wake up at like six. <laughs> six on a Saturday. Hammer it out. <laughs> no, because that would like ruin our day because we wouldn't actually do it to like eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. So, all right. Well, let's wrap it up then because yeah. we've run a little long. You know, we well, got our. I, I'd prefer Drew Holiday. I knew. I was just going to say, I'm like, <laughs> and to wrap it up, we both want Drew Holiday instead. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, if, if. End of episode. If the Pelicans do have. Get rid of Davis, they might as well have a fire sale. Right. And yeah, at that point, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, agree. I think we, you could get him for some realistic assets like the Milwaukee pick, TJ Warren, and Josh Jackson would probably do it. If the money works. 
Yeah. And then you may need to throw in Dragon Bender. Yeah, to make he, he's what? Work. He's what? Like he makes twenty something, right? Twenty five. Not quite as much as book, not a full but, max. Yeah. But. Okay. So anyway, and Dragon Bender, like he had those three games where he like broke out a little bit, three four games, and then last game he played three minutes. I I I I've given up on figuring it out. So all right. So we covered football. We covered basketball. Basketball. And that's it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Two sports. Two sports. Two sports. Two sports on a podcast is only supposed to be about one sport. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Just picking it up. We're just picking it up. So next our, week, two and a half sports. Yeah, we'll talk about ping pong. Oh, because gonna... it's not really a sport. Or is it? I mean not we can debate this. <laughs> <laughs> Connect four. All right, connect four. (laughs) Yeah, my kids play that game. Apparently, Rajon Rondo's excellent. My younger, my younger one hasn't quite figured it all out yet. She's like, I win. I'm like, no, we've got one. She's like, she's like, there's four. I'm like, no, but they're different colors. Never mind. (laughs) Moving on. All right. So, any last thoughts, Paul? No. Uh, The next week's gonna be interesting. We may actually go three weeks in a row because the trade deadline's coming up. Or we might just wait till like summer when the next flurry of stuff happens no. yeah I yeah hope, I hope. yeah we're not gonna pod again till summer league <laughs> which really? we have yet to pod at summer league <laughs> we should do that one time there's a lot to deal with in vegas like gambling and being hungover so it's yeah. it's difficult you're, you're, let's your commit time, to that your time is year. full your time whoa what was that whoa sorry we're watching basketball as we're doing this okay anyway yeah all right so we'll wrap it up as we always say here, thank you very much for listening. We truly appreciate it, even though we're number seven in the podcast power rankings moving on up. So, number seven. Better than a blank at seven, and we're at eight. Our goal is to be six and a half by the end of the season. Six and a half. And we round up, then it's six, or down, whatever yeah. you say there. So, all right. And uh, so, hit us up on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. I'm at So Says Jay Paul. Dervish of Whirl. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And until next time, depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Bye bye.